Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. The third chapter of the book of Proverbs. I want you to know it's an honor and a privilege to be able to study the Word of God. It is. I guess sometimes when you have the freedoms that we have, you take them for granted. And you don't really realize until you've been over to another place how blessed you are. There are those that would go hundreds of miles just to get one page out of a Bible. I remember this one individual that left everything that he had. He, on foot, traveled a hundred miles to hear somebody preach the gospel. Then he came back to his own hometown with the gospel and turned it upside down for Jesus. Hallelujah. We're blessed people. Amen. We are a blessed people to be able to study the Word of God. Shall we pray? Our precious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the Spirit of truth who will guide us into all truth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, to teach us, to direct us, to guide us into the pathways of life. We thank You for all things that pertain to life and godliness, and thank You for enlarging our capacity to receive revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability in all things that do pertain to life and godliness. Now, we bless You as we channel ourselves now to receive from Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. These ten verses of the first, first ten verses of the third chapter of the book of Proverbs delight my heart. I often read them and uh, remind myself of what they say. I know they'll be a blessing to you, and I do believe that they'll enlighten you as we study. We're going to study really two scriptures, but I'd like to read all of them together. The first ten verses, first of all. My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days, long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. What happened? It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bone. Honor the Lord with your first fruits, your substance, and the first fruits of all of your increase, and so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I want you to notice that the kingdom of God operates along the lines and principles of seed time and harvest, or sowing and reaping. And whatsoever a man soweth, the same shall he also reap. And in these first ten verses of this third chapter, we have five seeds that represent five important issues of life. Five seeds. Seeds. See, these are seeds. 
If you sow verse 1, you'll reap verse 2. If you sow verse 3, you will reap verse 4. If you sow verse 5 and the first part of verse 6, you'll reap the latter part of verse 6. If you sow verse 7, you'll reap verse 8. If you sow verse 9, you're going to reap verse 10. But you see, we sometimes lack understanding when it comes to the law and principles of sowing and reaping. Everyone knows that when you sow in the springtime, you don't expect to reap a harvest until the fall. At least most farmers know that. They don't sow and expect to reap three weeks later. But you see, I believe sometimes we lack understanding when it comes to the things of God because we, you know, we see Him as God and whatever He's going to do, He's going to have to do it instantly. But this is not the case. Actually, that's the exception rather than the rule. If we're going to grow and develop spiritually, if we're going to experience the realities of our redemption, then we have to understand the laws of sowing and reaping and also the time in between sowing and reaping, which we call the growing time, the growing period, where you need water and sunlight. See, that's the time that God giveth the increase. Now, let's just very quickly look over these five seeds and what we can reap if we'll sow these seeds in our life. And then I want to focus in on just one of the blessings here. But although I do believe that you just can't do that, you just can't take one out and say that this is the way it is. I believe that they're all together. This is the wisdom of God. See, the blessings and promises of God are not automatic. They are divinely appropriated through the wisdom of God by faith. It's just not, you're just not just going to just get out there and have them fall out of the sky on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. You've got to appropriate them through faith and you've got to understand how the law of sowing and reaping works and then you've got to begin to do that in your life with this understanding so that you can bring forth the fruit of that seed. See, verse number one says, this is the seed. My son, if you'll, don't forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. Let your spirit, your heart, the inner man, keep my commandments. Then length of days and long life and peace. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to the issues of life, and we must admit this is the Word of God, and we know that it's the Word of God. We know that it's truth. It's absolute. This book of Proverbs was written so that we can have discretion, understanding, wisdom, and knowledge concerning the things that pertain to life and godliness, so that we can charter the course of our life and go in the direction that God wants us to go. And here we see that if we'll do this, He said, you will have long life and peace. Now notice he says that it'll add length of days and long life and peace. I believe in the Amplified Bible it says something like, you're going to have tranquility inward and outwardly continuing through an old age, even unto death. So here we see God's way of increasing our lifespan in the earth. If I'm reading correctly. There's another scripture in Proverbs chapter 9 that says, If you do this, it will add length of days and multiply of days. Matter of fact, hold your place right there very quickly and turn over to verse 9 since we're in that book. Chapter 9, I'm sorry. Chapter 9. Now notice in verse 9. Chapter 9 and verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man and he will, yet, he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me your days shall be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. By wisdom, by the wisdom of God. 
So you see, the blessings and promises of God are not automatic. They are divinely appropriated through faith by the wisdom of God. And so we see here that God has given us a way that we could plant some seeds within our own spirit so that we can increase our life upon the earth. We don't have to die at an early age. I don't know why the world has accepted that, but this is untrue. We do not have to die at an early age. But then you say, well, why are so many dying at an early age? Because the blessings and the promises of God are not automatic. You cannot reap a harvest where no seed has been sown. Every farmer knows that. It's impossible to reap a harvest where no seed has been sown. And the average person doesn't spend time in the Word of God to find out what God has said about life. Although life emanates from God the Father, it proceeds from Him, and it comes unto us through the way of His Word. Jesus is my words of life to those that find Him. The words I speak in you, they are spirit and they contain life. They're containers of life. But they are seeds. See, that seed contains life. You put that seed into the ground, working together with that seed is going to produce fruit. And here we see that if an individual will keep the commandments of God from his heart... From his heart. Then his days upon the earth shall be prolonged. And he'll have peace inwardly and outwardly. Continuing through a ripe old age. Right up until death. You know what that's saying? Having peace till you die. Peace is a, is, a, is a beautiful word. If you look it up in the Hebrew and understand it. Jesus said, my peace I live unto, leave, give unto you. Not as the world give, give unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I give you my peace. It's really the fullest type of life you can possibly have. The peace of God resting upon you. Right to a ripe old age. Till you go off to be in glory. See, for such a long time the world has accepted in the Bible. I would have to say the body of Christ in particular has accepted the fact that when you get older, it means you have to get sick and you have to be feeble and become weak. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. The Bible says that when they were delivered from Egypt's bondage, the Israelites came forth and there was not one feeble among their tribe. The Bible says that when Sarah was of a ripe old age, she by faith received in herself the power, the ability to produce a child. Her insides were brought to be young again. The, the psalmist said, You satisfy my mouth with good things that my youth may be renewed like the eagles. And study the eagle out, you find out that they're, not, they're renewed. Renewed. So God has given us a way, a formula. He's given us a plan, but it's not the way we think it is. It just doesn't fall out of the sky, beloved. It's seed planted into the heart that is taken care of, watered, God giving it the increase, and then producing fruit. And the fruit would be long life and peace. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. This is the seed, verse, verse 3 of chapter 3. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. Now, first of all, I'm under the assumption that every single one of us here want to have long life in the earth. Can I hear an amen? You want that? God has given us the way to have it. But the thing is, we need to enter into it and sow it into our hearts. It's not automatic. Now he says here, number two, and these go together. Let's not separate them. They go together. He said, if you'll not forget mercy... In truth, but bind them about your neck, write them upon the table of your heart. Then you will find favor and success. Good understanding means success. In the sight of God and man. Now, first of all, you're going to have long life if you sow, number one. Here, you're going to have favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. I mean, what more can you ask for? 
You have favor with God. Anyone that has favor with God's okay in my book. But also with man. And of course, who wants to have, you know, war? Who wants to have uh, troubles with their fellow man? No one should want to. We should all want to live at peace with one another. But you see, what I'm showing you this here, beloved, is this is not automatic. You can have favor with God if you sow, verse 3, into your heart. If you sow it. If you sow those words in your heart, then you'll have it. Then over there in verse 5. These scriptures are very important, especially to the young individual who's seeking direction for the life. Really to anybody who's seeking direction. But primarily to those that are young and they're, they're really looking for you know, what they're going to do in life. Listen, listen to what the scripture says. Trust the Lord with all your heart. He wants your life. That's what he's saying. If I could paraphrase that. He's saying, young person, I want your life. Trust me with all your heart. Turn your life over to me. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, anything that you're going to do in life, all your endeavors, everything, not just one or two, but everything you do in life, he says, in all thy ways, acknowledge me. Notice these three. Trust me with your heart. Don't lean to your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Those three. That's the seed. That represents the seed that must be planted. In other words, you must be doing that. And then I will direct your what? If God directs your path, you say, well, why would I want God to direct my path? Well, let me share with you. We're boxed in by time. Time is not on our side. Time is an enemy of ours. But God is not fixed by time. He is out there. He can see the future. And if you see your life as standing before a maze... And you don't know which way to go. And you're trying to feel your way through life. You're making all kinds of mistakes along the way. Bumping into all kinds of problems of life. But, when the Father God who is looking over the path of your life, He sees each step that you should take, although they may be to you a step of faith, He looks down and directs your heart and says, This is the way, walk ye in it. And your mind says, Huh? Are you sure? Well, trust the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. He'll tell you exactly which way to go. And although your mind seems to think this is the right way to go, but you do it because you trust Him with your heart and you knew you heard His voice. Well, then all of a sudden you start going down the right path. He can see. He knows the future. And if He reveals that to you, beloved, it saves us from a lot of mistakes in life. A lot of problems we can be avoided in life. For an example, He witnesses to your heart. You shouldn't marry that person. But Lord, I want to. Trust me with all your heart. Don't do it. But I want to. We've been planning on it, Lord. I'm just telling you, don't do it. Then you ignore the voice of the Lord. And you enter into that relationship anyhow. And then four years later... You're in a divorce court. Your life is shattered. The children are in turmoil. They don't know what life is all about. I thought daddies were supposed to be with their family. But I guess it's not that way. I thought we we're supposed to have a loving home and not beat each other up and bring all kind of troubles into our home. 
Now, Father, can you help me? I'm glad he's not a God of I told you so, but beloved, I want you to know something. The greatest gift, and, and I want everybody to understand when I say this, outside of Jesus, the greatest gift that God has given to mankind, and the most powerful gift in his life, is his own free will. Your free will. I can show that to you simply. Although Jesus came and died for you and has given his life for you, you can choose not to accept him. And if you choose not to accept him and follow his footsteps and, and you know, follow him and do what he would have you to do, you have a right to do that. Not to do it. That means your will can overpower all that Jesus did for you. In your life. Beloved, that's why I just, I just pray. As, the, as he did. He said, choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. I pray that we all choose to follow the footsteps of our Savior. I pray that we choose with our own free will to do the will of the Lord. Jesus came himself and says, I've come not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And it was a battle of his will from, from the beginning to the end. Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, you remember him saying, not mine will be done, but thine. So the battle, beloved, throughout the course of your life will be, do you want your will to be done or do you want the Father's will to be done? Well, if you'll yield your will to His will, then He'll direct your paths. The paths of your life. Next one is the one we want to get into. We'll just look at it real quickly. If you don't be wise in your own eyes, if you fear the Lord and depart from evil. One, two, three. Don't be wise in your own eyes, beloved. Fear the Lord, beloved. Depart from evil. Those three. That's the seed. Everybody say, that's the seed. To healing and health. Well, our message is going to be health and healing tonight. But I want you to see, number one, you could have long life. Can anybody say amen to that? You say, but, but, but brother, don't you, you know, aren't you getting ahead of God? Isn't God sovereign? God in His sovereignty bound Himself to His Word. If this is not the Word of God that's come from heaven, and if this is not true, we might as well throw the book away and all eat, sleep, drink, be merry and happy because there's no resurrection. If God does not have to honor this word, then he should not have written this word and given, given it to you and me. But he says, I'm not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. If I said it, I'll make it good. If I spoke it, it's going to come to pass. So, beloved, this is his wisdom that he gives to us to understand so that we can have long life, favor with God and man, direction. See, the Holy Ghost will be our travel guide throughout this life. We need a guide. We're on tour. We're touring the world for Jesus. We're taking as an ambassador the Word of God to all this generation. And we need a travel guide. That's the Holy Ghost. He'll guide you in all truth. He'll show you things to come. And so then he says, this is the way you have health and healing. Now, when you talk about the navel, you're talking about the spring of life. Health, healing. When a child is brought forth from its mother's womb, there's an umbilical cord. In the navel. And that means that there is life coming forth. The nourishment from the mother. For the purpose of bringing health and life into the child. And he's saying that this will become health to your navel. Who gave birth to us but our heavenly father. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. So if I'll do these things. If I'll not be wise in my own eyes. If I will fear the Lord and depart from evil. When it comes to my physical well-being. He says then it will become health to your navel. And when God starts pouring life and health to the center of your being, it goes into every part of your body. 
and marrow to your bones, most moistening to your bones, strong, healthy bones. That's the way to have it, if you want to have it. See, there's many ways we can be healed. And I'm not talking about just getting you healed, beloved. Because we have many different ways we can get somebody healed. We're not talking about that here tonight. We're talking about health and healing through God's Word. And each individual can grow to a place that you can live in abiding health. Now, the next one is, and and, uh, I believe it's a blessing, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. And if you read that in the Amplified Bible, it talks about your income. It says, if you'll give him the first part of your income, and we know that as, as believers that he's talking about the tithe. If we'll give him the first part of our income, then he's going to do what? He'll see that your barns shall be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, there's five things here mentioned that we can have in life if we'll sow these seeds into the ground or the soil of our hearts. Long life, favor, direction, healing and health, prosperity, unto a ripe old age, a life worth living, until we go off to be with Him in glory. But it's not automatic. It doesn't just happen. It's divinely appropriated by the wisdom of God in faith. And that's what we need to discuss and talk about. I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. And we want to discuss this subject of health and healing. But I wanted all of you to see that. I want you to see that God has made a way for every individual person, no matter who you are. If you will submit your will to His, if you will begin to sow into the soil of your heart those seeds, those five seeds, if you will have the understanding that seeds do not produce overnight, seeds must be planted, they must be cared for, the soil must be taken care of, cultivated, and it must be watered, it must be nourished, there must be sunlight, there must be tender loving care until it's time for the harvest. That's how it works. And I believe that this is where a lot of believers have been deceived into thinking that they were at a place in faith where they could just ask immediately and get anything they want from God. Beloved, that's being deceived. See, time is not on our side. Time is against us. There may be times when you were in a position, your spirit was in a position that what you asked you received. But your spirit did not stay in that position because of the, the law of sowing and reaping. And I'll share that with you. As a matter of fact, just very quickly. A gardener knows, a farmer knows, when he goes out there in the springtime, before he can plant his seed, he's got to cultivate that soil. He's got to put some good things into it. He's got to put, you know, ingredients inside that soil to cause it to be good soil. He's got to take out the rocks. He's got to take out the stones. He's got to take out the weeds. He's got to take out anything that would, you know, destroy the seed that's going to be planted. And I can just see him just having everything all done. I mean, all that work is done. He's prepared the ground. He's prepared the soil. And it's, a, you know, just looks beautiful. Now he's ready to go plant the seed. I want you to know, beloved, that that soil will not stay in that condition very long. Time is not on our side, although right now it's perfect. Let the winds blow. Let the seeds fly. And before you know it, and why is it like this? Sometimes I know when I used to plant my garden, why couldn't the crop grow faster than the weeds? The weeds seem to grow faster than the to the plant that you planted. You see what I'm talking about? And before you know it, 
You've got to go out there and you just can't leave that soil alone. You've got to take out the weeds. You've got to take out the rocks. You've got to take out anything that would, you know, destroy the seed. So although for a time it was a perfect soil, and that's your spirit. Although at that point that you prayed and asked and received, your spirit, man, was, an, was perfect soil for the seed of God's Word to be planted in your heart to produce fruit and bring it forth. If the winds of adversity were blowing, if the winds of doubt and unbelief were blowing, and if all these thoughts coming your way got a hold of you and put that doubt and unbelief inside your heart, or if you didn't understand, you know, properly the Word of God, when all that came your way, when the cares of life and all those things start coming to your heart, your heart, the condition of your heart changed. That's why the secret to great faith, and it's so hard for us to grasp, but the secret to having great faith is first the, the, the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, and keep feeding, cultivating, taking out the, the weeds, the seeds of doubt and unbelief. It's just a continual process, just continuing process. Just keep on doing it. Feeding, feeding, weeding, weeding, just like a gardener does. And keeping it pure, keeping it clean. Not learning more. Just doing what you going to do. That farmer didn't learn a whole lot more about farming next year. Just went out there in the spring did the same thing he did last year. Cultivated the land. Put what he needed to put in. Took what he had to get out. Then the seed goes in. Then he takes care of it. And it produces fruit every time. So you see over here in Mark 4. We see that Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower and the seed. I don't know about you, but I just have to say that personally, my own, I have to say my own belief. I believe that the emphasis is more so on the soil than it is on the seed. And you just think about it. I'm just asking you to think about it for a while. I believe the emphasis is on the soil. The seed is incorruptible. The seed is incorruptible. Jesus is, is telling you and me that it is not the seed that's responsible for bringing forth the fruit. But it is the soil of your heart. And the condition of the soil of your heart will determine whether or not we grow and bring forth fruit. If our heart is proper and right, if the ingredients are put in and the weeds are taken out and the stones are taken out and the thistles are taken out, all those things are removed from the soil of our heart, then we'll bring forth fruit. And we'll show you how in a minute. But if it's not, then the same seed that would have produced fruit will be choked out. And in many cases, it'll be aborted. So, beloved, it's important that we understand some things. First of all, if the blessings of God are going... in the blessing of abiding health. I want to talk about the blessings of abiding health are going to, you know, be in our lives. It's going to take strong faith, not weak faith. It's going to take strong faith. Jesus constantly asked his disciples, where is your faith? How is it ye have no faith? How come your faith is so little? Why do you have weak faith? He kept asking them and asking them and asking them. But a man named Abraham said, Paul said about him, the Spirit of God through Paul said about him, this man was not weak in faith, but this man was strong in faith, giving glory unto God. Strong in faith makes you strong in the Lord. Beloved, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. If we're going to appropriate these blessings, it's not going to be something that we just pick at. It's not going to be something that we just do every once in a while. It's, it's the understanding that we have got to take this serious. We've got to take the Word of God serious. 
We've got to believe what God's Word says. That's all that Abraham did. He was fully persuaded that what God said He would do, He would do. That's what great faith is. Being fully persuaded that what God said He's going to do, He's going to do. And allow that word that what God spoke and said to come into our heart. But we see, we've got to do something with our heart before that seed is going to produce. And I want, I want you to see that here. In verse 14. The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, by the wayside, we're talking about an individual who, whose heart is solid. The ground is very hard. You don't go out there and just plant a seed over on hard ground. The bird's just going to come and just eat it up. You've got to cultivate that, that soil. The ground, turn it over, put some ingredients into it, fertilize it, etc. And then put the seed inside the soil. But there's a lot of individuals that never get beyond just hearing the word by the wayside. Well, I heard that God said we all could be healthy and live long on the earth and all have abundant life and all be prosperous and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and have favor and direction in their lives. And they hear it, but they don't understand the process of sowing and reaping. It sounds good to them, but immediately comes the bird or the devil. He comes along and just eats it up. Doesn't do anything. But the next one in verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. Now I want you to note something here. They immediately receive the word with gladness. Now here we've got to watch out for this. Because they received the word with gladness. They're on fire. They loved it. They, they, they took a hold of what God said and they saw that it was the truth. And they received it with gladness. But... And have no root in themselves. And so they endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. You heard the word of God that says you can be in abiding health. You heard the word of God that says you can lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Or you can lay your hands on your children and they'll recover. You heard the word of God teach you or say to you that whatever you ask, you shall receive in Jesus' name. Well, you heard that, but your understanding, there wasn't enough root. The Word is incorruptible. The Word would produce, produce fruit, but the Spirit still had stones in it. Everybody's Spirit has stones in it. The humble one admits it and says, Okay, Lord, remove them. Get them out. Change me. Take away my faith. Give me your faith. The faith of God. Develop that faith. Jesus is the author, the developer of our faith. And unless we humble ourselves before the almighty hand of God, that word, although it's been sown into a heart, after a while, one year, two years, three years, they keep hearing this message that you can walk free from sickness and disease and you can be healthy, you can be prosperous, etc., 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 etc. Then after three years, oh, this, this faith doesn't work. No, no. No, no. It works. It works without a doubt. But you see, Jesus said, everybody say, Jesus said, Jesus said the problem was with the soil. Why should that be so hard for us to imagine? The winds of adversity are blowing every day. Seeds of doubt and unbelief are coming to us every day. The atmosphere in which that we breathe is, is just saturated with, with the demonic hosts. 
that are influencing us to do evil, to speak doubt, to speak unbelief. So consequently, we see that they slip in. They get a hold of us. The Word is the least. Matter of fact, if you'll check out and read the rest of that, Jesus said that, that the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed that when it is sown to the earth, it's less than all the seeds in the earth. In other words, that seed of life that's inside you and your understanding of it and your knowledge of it is really the least. It's got to develop. It's got to grow. That's why I said the key to stronger great faith is first the, ear, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn. There is a growing time. There is a process. Too many think because I didn't receive my healing next week. I was prayed for last week and I didn't get it. Something's wrong here. But you see, while they were going through all this misunderstanding, they aborted the plan of God. They aborted the, the seed of life. And although it was a seed working inside that would have produced fruit if it was cared for, protected and watered and increased, well, it didn't. Because it was... And you ever see, anybody ever see a seed taken out of the ground and produce a crop? No, it doesn't work that way. Well, we can't expect to reap harvest if we take our seeds out of the ground. Then he goes on to say, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Now notice this. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Now, he's talking about our lives. He's talking about the spirit of the man. He's talking about how much of ourselves have we given over to the Lord. There are too many times I've talked to individuals and I try to tell them, look, you just can't give two minutes to the word a week and expect things to happen spiritually in your life. What a man soweth, the same shall he also reap. If the cares of this world, if the lust of other things, if the deceitfulness of riches have captured your attention, drawn you away. Anybody here have an Amplified Bible? I didn't bring mine out. Can I see it, please? Because in this Amplified Bible, it talks a little bit, it ex, you know, amplifies a little bit more about what he's saying. Here, let me read it from the Amplified Bible to you. And the ones sown among the thorns are others who hear the word, but then the cares and the anxiety of this world and the distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and then it becomes fruitless. See, beloved, if we're so caught up in the other pleasures of life, now he didn't say the pleasures of life were wrong. He didn't say that at all. He didn't say there was anything wrong with the pleasures of life. He was just saying that there's going to be a time in our lives that we need to make a decision that we're going to set aside the pleasures of life for the purpose of gaining the understanding of the kingdom of God and the knowledge of God and allow our spirits to be cultivated and, and put in some good ingredients in, inside our heart and our spirit so that we can understand the Word, know how the Word works, and get that Word to work inside our heart so that we can bring forth the fruit. The seed is planted in the heart, but it must bring forth fruit. And I'm going to show you just how. Here, in this parable of the sower, I believe this with all my heart, that the Spirit of God moved upon the three writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, to give the three conditions of the heart that is good soil to produce the fruit of God's Word. And if you never read it in this light before, it will bless you. In Matthew, chapter 13, verse 23, in Mark, chapter 4, and verse 20, and in Luke 8, 
verse 15, he gives us the three conditions of the perfect soil or the perfect heart. See, it's not the seed that's just going to be responsible to produce the fruit. It's going to be the soil. And the soil, if the soil is right, the fruit shall come forth because the seed is incorruptible. And in Mark 13, I'm sorry, Matthew 13, 23, here's what he said. Those that are going to bring forth the fruit are those who, when they hear the word, now listen, they hear the word and they understand it. Everybody say understand it. They hear the word and understand it. So understanding is vital and important. It's an important ingredient. Spiritual understanding is important of the word and its operation. Remember Paul says, pray that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He said unto the church at Colossae, he said, I desire that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My words are spirit in their life. I want you to have spiritual understanding. And here Matthew said in Matthew 13, 23, that they hear the word and understand it and bring forth fruit. So without understanding, the soil of our heart still has got some thorns and thistles and rocks in it. There's some things that's not, that either need to be taken out or put in. So if we don't have understanding of the word, then we're not going to be able to produce fruit. And although we keep hearing the Word, we'll be hearers of the Word, but not doers. And if we're hearers of the Word and not doers, we'll be self-deceived, self-deluded. You know what it means to be self-deluded? It means you think God's going to heal you, but He's not. You better watch out because you might die. Beloved, I don't believe in, 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 I believe in being serious with God. I believe in being serious with you. Faith is not a joke. Faith is not foolishness. Faith is not presumption. And there have been too many that have distorted the message of faith and led people to believe and think things that are untrue. And for sake of your proper confession, speaking properly, your proper confession, they left out the most important thing, which is the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. And the condition of your heart will determine whether you are speaking faith, foolishness, or presumption. And beloved, when your heart is right with God, and when your heart is cultivated, and with the word, when, when God's Word is, is able to be planted into your heart to take deep root in love, the love of God, notice that he said it had no root in himself. See, that seed must take root. It can't take root unless you are rooted and grounded in love. And that's why Proverbs says, if you keep my commandments, keep my commandments with your heart. And what is the commandment of God? That you love one another as I have loved you. And because of it, he says, you, whatever you ask, you receive of him because you keep my commandments. See? So he's talking about the soil of your heart must be developed in love. You must understand every aspect and phase of love. And when it is, then the seed of God's word. You're not asking in self, selfishness. You're motivated by the love of God. Then you put that seed. So now notice Matthew said understanding. Mark said in Mark 4.20, that's where we're at, Mark 4.20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and receive it. Everybody say receive it. Okay? Not only must you understand the word, but you must receive the word. Understanding is not enough. But you need it. But also, the seed doesn't do us any good if it's just up here. We've got to understand it in our hearts and receive it into our heart. If we'll do that, understand it, and receive it, 
Now look at the next step. Luke chapter 8 in verse 15. Same parable. Three writers by the Spirit of God to give three ingredients to a perfect heart. Perfect soil to bring forth the fruit of God's Word. Luke 8 and verse 15. Let's read 14. I believe it'll, it'll help us. And that which fell among thorns are they which when they heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. See, beloved, don't, don't take condemnation from everything you hear and what people say. The cares of this life, the things that we have to do in life, they are legitimate. But the thing is, we don't sacrifice. And if we don't sacrifice the time that we need to get into the Word of God on the things that are not legitimate. In other words, you don't necessarily need to be doing all this all the time. Get into the Word of God. Get into prayer. Get before God and let the Spirit of God open up your understanding to God's Word. The devil will make us think everything is legitimate before you know it. You're doing everything else, but there's no time for the Word. Well, if we can feed our bodies, we can certainly feed our spirits. I never found anybody that didn't take the time to feed their body. You make time to feed your body. Well, see, we can treat the Word the same way. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So after you sit down and eat your meal, then get out your little pocket New Testament. See? Your dagger. That's the sword, the big one. And get yourself a portion. Amen? I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He's got oil for your salad, the Holy Ghost. He's got milk, the milk of the Word. He's got meat, the meat of the Word. And I know he's got some honey for dessert. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then before you know it, you'll be like Jesus. I have meat that you know not of. You'll be eating spiritually before you eat physically. It'll be the joy and the rejoicing of your heart. Job said, they're more than my necessary bread. Hallelujah. So here he says, see, that these choke out the word, riches and the pleasures of this life, and they bring no fruit to perfection or to maturity. Now notice this. He didn't say that it wasn't working. He didn't say that it wasn't growing. He says, but they didn't bring it to maturity. What good is it if it starts, but then it's not any good? If you pick it before it's time, or if you cast it aside before it's time, it's no good. It's got to be ripe. It's got to be ripened. See, to be any good. Then the next verse. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, notice this, keep it, or do it, or protect it in the heart, and bring forth fruit with, everybody say patience. You know, patience means you've got to be stable for a long period of time. For a certain period of time, anyhow. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Why do he say, but they endure but for a time, and then when persecution comes, and they turn their back on the Word? Well, I guess it didn't work. No, there wasn't anything wrong with the Word, and there really wasn't anything wrong with you. It's just that the seed, or the kingdom of God, I should say, works on the principles of seed time and harvest, and we all have got to cultivate the, the ground of our spirit. I'll tell you what, when I first started to walk with faith and learn about the faith walk, I couldn't get myself healed. I didn't know how to get myself healed. I was one of those, yeah, that was walking around and said, Oh, I know I'm healed. I know God has healed me. And my nose is running. And I'd say, But I don't understand it. 
Why am I sick? I first heard the word of faith. I said, oh, bless God, by His stripes I am healed. By His stripes I am healed. And my eyes were watering and I said, but why am I sick? Oh, Lord, but why am I sick? Now, I know that the healing is for me. I know your word says it. I know that the word is true. I know it's ordained of God. I know it's God-breathed, inspired. I know that I'm supposed to be healed, but why am I sick? I couldn't get myself healed. I didn't know how to get myself healed, but I hung in there. Everybody tried to talk me out of it. No, it's not for everybody. That's why. And I says, no, 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 no. I know there's more to it than that. And I began to cultivate the land of my spirit. I began to just dig deeper into the Word of God. I began, Father, open up the eyes of my understanding. Teach me and show me your ways so that I can walk in the fullness of this thing. I want to know how. And little by little by little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, I started to get into my spirit. Light began to come, like opening up that door a little bit, and the light starts to come in. And I began to see what I was doing wrong. I began to see, you know, where I was missing it in my life of faith. I began to see that you can only believe for what you have faith for. You can't go out beyond your faith. You're getting into foolishness. And faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. I've got to keep the soil of my heart into a perfect place. See, time is not on your side. Although you believe yesterday for a miracle, if you don't watch it, the devil will throw some doubt your way for tomorrow and you won't get it tomorrow. See, time is on the devil's side. He'll start planting seeds of doubt and unbelief into your head, you know, to get your spirit full of all that stuff. And before you know it, you can't live on yesterday's miracles. You can't live on yesterday's manna. Faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing every day. That's why when I get up here, you see me get turned loose sometimes. I am the righteousness of God. I am born of God. I tell that to myself every day. So you see, I began to say it, but I began to say it to me, not to people. I began to say it to my spirit. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You are the healed of the Lord. You are delivered. Sickness and disease can't live in your body. It will not operate and function inside you. When germs touch my body, they're going to, they're going to die on contact. And no one before me against me is going to prosper. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. He's going to animate my mortal body by His Spirit that dwelleth inside me. And I begin to talk like that and talk like that and talk like that and sow 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 that and say, Father God, change the soil of my heart. Teach me, instruct me, and show me your ways. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from the evil of doubt and unbelief. It'll be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. And beloved, I tell you what, we've been enjoying divine health ever since. We've been enjoying it. We've been enjoying the Lord being our physician for our entire family. We just Now, don't go off and say that I could believe for the world. Beloved, if I could believe for the world, I'd have the world. But that's not it. See, don't be deceived by that. Don't look up and say, well, hey, he could believe. Don't, don't, don't do that. Wherever my faith has developed right now, that's what I can believe for. I'm not foolish enough to think. That if I, if I saw that I wasn't believing for something, if that, if that problem or situation seemed to be way beyond my faith, do you think I would kid you or kid myself? I wouldn't do that. I have too much common sense for that. So here's the key. Be hungry to get as much faith in God as you can right now. Set aside the pleasures of this life right now. And get a hold of the faith of God and get your spirit built up with the word in such a, a way that your human spirit becomes great soil so that the seed of God's word can be planted and produce fruit. Now, there's much to understand here. A whole lot to be understood. And uh, I'll, I'll go back to Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, I want to show you something here. See, that's why I want to spend these evenings, Sunday evenings like this, teaching before we get to... 
the actual services. Now, the services are one way to get people healed. Come and get healed by the power of God. You know, maybe release your faith and people can be healed. But too many... And Pentecostal circles are guilty of this. I believe that with all my heart. That they get so caught up in just that type of ministry, they think that's the only way people are going to get healed. And they have neglected teaching God's people, God's children, how they can maintain a life of abiding health. Didn't He say that it'll be health to your navel? Well, if God gave birth to you, then that health is coming from your Father God into your spirit. That's where your navel out of your belly. He's talking about the belly of the believer. And I'm going to show that to you in a minute. The belly of the believer. God said in His Word, I sent My Word to heal you. And it healed you. He says, My Word that goes forth out of My mouth shall not return to Me void, but it's going to accomplish what I please and prosper where I sent it. He said, My Son, attend to My words. Incline your ear to My sayings. Sow this. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They'll become life to those that find them. They'll become health unto all their flesh. And I believe it's medicine in the Amplified, if I'm not mistaken. It will become medicine to every part of your being. Beloved, I believe God and I believe His Word is so. And I've always looked at myself. I'd look eye to eyeball to myself in the mirror and I said, I'd say, I looked at me and I'd say, Self, God does not miss it. If you, not are, if you are not experiencing success with God, I said, Self, you are missing it. Because God does not miss it, and He does not make failures. So then I got off from the mirror and on my knees, and I'd say, Father, change me. I humble myself to you under the almighty hand of God, that you may exalt me in due. Not today, due time. There's where we miss it. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But as the light is in the law of the Lord, in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his what? Not overnight. There's where the body of Christ has missed it. This faith walk doesn't work overnight. Oh yeah, you can get healed tonight. Like that. But you got it on somebody else's faith. See, and that's... In the Pentecostalism, when they saw a miracle, that's genuine, yeah, that's it. But this faith business, huh? No, 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 no. I don't want to live, have to live off somebody else's faith. You want to have to, you know, have your kids live off you for the rest of your life? That's not the program of life. The program of life is you grow them up, you get, when they grow up, develop so they can, you know, be independent and, and have their own life. Well, I want my own life of faith. Do you? Sure you do. It's there for us, and it's time we start to teach it. It's time we start to learn it and appropriate it. But you see this, beloved? It's day and night, day and night, day and night. They meditate the word day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. There's where the thing is. We think we need to learn new material. We don't need to, need to learn new material. We need to do what we know to do and appropriate what we know to appropriate. That's all we need to do. I don't have to learn more about food. I have already settled it. There's nothing else but spaghetti and meatballs. Other than pizza. Pumpkin pie. But I don't have to learn anything about food. And I'll tell you what, you don't have to teach me anything about food. Just put it in the same room. I know exactly what to do with it. But it seems like when we get around the Word of God, we don't know what to do. This is food. 
it's not just something to intellectualize ourselves with. It is not something that we just study. It is something we feed into our spirits. We feed it. Feed it. Hallelujah. Do you see that? We feed it. We keep putting it inside us. Putting it inside us. Jesus, my lover. Jesus, my deliverer. Same words. If Jesus came here today, I guarantee you he'd be talking about the same things he talked about when he was here on earth before. You say, I'm getting tired of that sermon, brother. Well, Jesus would preach it to you again if he was here. He says, I told you my words are life and my words are health. He wouldn't preach somebody else's sermon. He'd preach his own. He said, I'm not changing one of them. That's why I keep sticking close to the Word, because Jesus isn't changing His words. My words will not pass away, although heaven and earth pass away. So in our season, we can produce fruit. If we see ourselves as a tree with a mustard seed, the seed planted into our hearts, we cultivate it, we, get, we keep the weeds of doubt and unbelief. Someone told you God don't want to heal you, get it out, throw it away. If you're here tonight and that's all you've heard, that it might be or it may be or whatever, get it out, throw it away, get that out of your heart. It might take a while, but get it out. I'll show you all the scriptures, if you like, that you can throw that away, get that seed or get, get that thought or get that stone or that thistle and uproot it out of your spirit. And sometimes before you can get healing, you've got to do that. Get it out and throw it away. Okay, now you've got the rock sound. Well, I might have Paul's thorn in the flesh. Oh, I got rid of that one a long time ago. I never did believe that one. Someone says, well, yeah, but you know, Paul had a thorn in his flesh. So what? I don't want his thorn. I'm not Paul. Are you? If you think about it, it's the silliest thing I ever heard. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And you might have a thorn in your flesh like Paul. Never heard anything like that. Why? People talk like this. To prove healing, they go to all the scriptures that try to show you healing is not for you. It doesn't make any sense to me. This, this, they skip over all these beautiful scriptures I'm reading. And he healed all that were sick. He took your infirmities, more sicknesses. By stripes you were healed. Forget all that. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. I'm not Paul. I'm not looking for his thorn. Paul's gone. He's in heaven now. His body's in the earth. He's waiting for the return. And he had a thorn. Bless the Lord. That's paraphrased. But I'll tell you something right now. If you want to sit with me in my office, I'll show you every scripture to prove that that was not a thorn. As a matter of fact, I'll show you beyond the shadow of a doubt that that was a messenger of Satan above buffet him who was the devil who he had power over in the end of his ministry. And when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, what he, went, what he meant was that my power, if you use the power of my grace, will be a shield and a strong tower so that when he does come to buffet you, you will have power over him. That's exactly what it says in the, in the Greek. And I'm not Greek. But that's what it says. But if you believe that way, get it out because it'll hinder you from being delivered and being set free. Get it out. Healing is proved by one word. One word will prove healing is for everybody in the body of Christ. May I say that one word to you? Jesus. In my name, lay your hands on the sick and they'll do what? Is his name for us today? Is there all power in his name? That settles the issue right there. It's for everybody. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's three th- hmm. There's so much to teach. Bless the Lord. Three things I want to teach you. Before we leave this place, <laughs> there's so much to learn. He said over here, don't be wise in your own eyes. So forget about all these, you know, try to pull them out of your spirit. If you thought Paul, if you thought your thorn or your sickness was Paul's thorn, 
Just consider Paul gone and his thorns gone too. So you don't have it. It's not Paul's thorn in your flesh. Okay? Bless the Lord. If you thought that it wasn't God's will to heal you, go to the leper. And he told the leper, I will heal you. That settles the I will forever. God's will is to heal you. But don't be wise in your own eyes and fear the Lord and depart from evil. The one that was wise in his eyes was Naaman the leper. Naaman came and he was wise in his own eyes. He said, I thought when I came to the prophet of God that you'd come outside and you'd lay your hands on me or you'd call fire out of heaven and fire would come down and heal me. And because it didn't happen that way, I'm going home. I'm taking my ball bat and I'm walking home. That's what Naaman said, paraphrased. And so he, you know, pouting, walking home, wise in his own eyes. I thought, and his, his servant, thank God for servants, had a little bit more wisdom. He said, well, what, what's, what's the big deal? He told you to dip in the water seven times and you wouldn't have no more leprosy. So don't be wise in your own eyes. What does putting oil on your head got to do with healing your back? Anoint the sick with oil and the Lord will do what? So let's not be wise in our own eyes. Let's fear the Lord and depart from evil. So he was wise in his own eyes. He almost lost his healing because he was wise, but then he obeyed. He dipped into the river seven times, and how did he come out? Clean. Okay, fear the Lord. Asa, King Asa, if you never read it, Second Chronicles chapter 16, of somewhere around 10, 11, somewhere around 10. King Asa did not fear the Lord, and he got diseased in his feet. He sought to the physician, and because he had no fear of God, he thought he'd just go into the physician and not seek the Lord in his healing. The Bible says he died. He didn't have fear of God. How many of you know that God gave you this flesh and bone body of ours? Flesh and blood. If he gave it to us, then we need to have fear what we do with it. Too often, many times, we submit to things we should not. I'm not telling you what to do, beloved. I'm saying this to you. You better check out what you're going to do with your body before you do it. Fear the Lord. One preacher did this and got healed right the day before he's supposed to have his operation. He read that scripture that I just told you about that he didn't, Asa didn't, you know, seek the Lord. If I told you who he was, you'd know him. But he said, uh, I was scheduled to go for surgery. When I read that, he says, I shook. The fear of the Lord came on me. He says, I didn't seek you, Lord, for my healing. I just scheduled to have this operation without even asking you. What should I do? The Lord spoke to his heart and said what to do. He was healed supernaturally. Didn't need the operation. Do you see what I'm saying? Depart from evil. When Israel got into evil, they got sick. When they turned back into the Lord, they were healed. Go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come on you. Your spirit, you see, beloved. Your spirit. There's three things to know about your spirit. And then we'll close. Number one. Jesus himself took your infirmities and bore his sicknesses. That is spiritual. Matthew 8, 17 says, Jesus himself took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. Number two, if the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body, animate it, or bring health and healing to it. By the spirit that dwelleth where? You got the spirit of Christ in you. You got the spirit of God in you. For the third one, Proverbs eighteen fourteen says, "You look it up if you want to." The spirit of man will sustain an infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. But a wounded spirit who can bear. Healing is in the realm of the spirit. We receive healing by the spirit. 
in the spirit, not in the physical. Jesus did something about our infirmities. The Spirit of God that does something about our infirmities in Romans 8, 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also himself helpeth our... Our what? Our what? See, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, then you're going to have a problem with healing. I'm not just talking about getting a healing one time. I'm talking about walking and abiding health. Jesus did something about your infirmities. The Spirit of God will do something, does something. He helps our infirmities. Takes hold of... Matter of fact, if I gave that to you in the Greek, it would be just like this. Likewise, the Spirit Himself also takes hold together with us against our infirmities. Takes hold together with us against our infirmities. And Proverbs 18, 14, is that the right scripture? I believe that's what it is. It says that the spirit of man will sustain an infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? But the spirit of man will sustain the infirmity. So the condition of your heart, the condition of your spirit... If you'll keep your spirit in the right condition, then no matter what comes our way, we can, in the spirit, have victory over. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.